Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. And my message this morning, um, you know, some of us, God talks to us in strange ways. And often God talks to me through a song. Yeah, He does. And I just woke up one morning with that old Don Moon song. God can do it again and again and again. He's the same God today as He always has been. Yesterday, now forever. He's always the same. There's no reason to doubt God can do it again. Then the verse or the chorus says, time after time I hear people say to me, why don't we see miracles like we used to be? I still believe in miracles. God hears us when we pray. For God was God back yesterday and God is God today. Malachi 3 verse 6, the Bible says, I am the Lord God, I change not. The same I am that said to Moses, I am that great I am. Not I am that I was or I am that I will be. I am the God of the now. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, the Bible says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. So my message this morning to encourage you, God can do it again and again and again. And again, come on, if it's in the Bible, God can do it again. If God did it for somebody else, God can do it for you. If God did it before, God can do it again. I said God can do it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. In the name of Jesus Christ, there's no reason to doubt God can do it again. Mark 10, 27, Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible but with God, all things are possible. God saved our nation from disaster once. God will save us again in the coming elections. I'm an optimist. God will have His way with South Africa. Come on, we are not pessimists. We are not fly awayers. We are occupiers. We are keepers. We are stayers. We are world changers. We are history makers. We are going to change the face of South Africa. We are not going to quit and we are not going to give up. I'm going to talk tonight about a phenomena that is in the workplace all over the world and that is silent quitters. People who are silently quitting. 50% of people in America are silently quitting. In the church, it's no better. People have given up on their hope, their dreams. I'm going to activate you tonight, so don't miss it. So stop just thinking you have to go to church once on a Sunday. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to them, If you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Ephesians 3, verse 20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, say it, above all you can ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. So we're not going to limit God. We are going to believe God that our greatest days are ahead of us, that our impossibilities will become possibilities, that our valleys will be turned into mountaintops. Come on. That God will deliver us from the fire and God will sustain us in the fire. We are not about to quit. 
because of circumstances. Say amen. Jeremiah 32 verse 27. God says, Behold, I'm the Lord God of all the flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Nothing is too difficult for God this morning. I don't care what the doctor said. I do care. I don't care what your financial situation looks like. There's nothing too hard for God. I'm going to say it again tonight. You better show up tonight. Because with so many sleepwalkers uh, and so many silent quitters, it's not difficult to be successful right now. But if you're part of the quitting club, there's no hope for you. God can work according to the power that works in you. So when God gives Abraham a promise, Sarah laughs within herself. God visits Abraham in Genesis chapter 18. And I want to read verse 9 where God comes to reiterate His promise. You know when God knows that a storm is heading your way, He always gives you a promise. Because the promise is there to sustain you. And the promise is there to activate you, your faith. So although we know God is the deliverer, God needs our participation, not our silent resignation. So the angels and Jesus in the Old Testament said to Abraham, where is Sarah your wife? So he said, yeah, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. And she was listening, 89 years old, okay? You know, sometimes we read the Bible like a fairy tale. It's not. Because somewhere in the Scripture, you are going to locate yourself. Somewhere in the Scripture, you will see your journey. Sometimes God moves. It's a miracle. Sometimes God moves by giving you grace to walk through your valley. Sometimes God's deliverance isn't an instant miracle. Sometimes God's deliverance is His sustaining grace. He's enabling power that sustains you while you walk through your valley or through your crisis to the other side. But to the other side you will get for God's glory. So Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him like people are listening today. And many of you are not on radio revival, meaning you've tuned out. Because of circumstances, because of um, adversity, people tune out to God. And they just become like Sarah. Not even a survivor, but cynical. Well, we had this, God gave us this promise 24 years ago, and still nothing has happened. And now God Himself shows up and God says, Hey, I am still going to fulfill my promise in your life, no matter how long the delay has been. Because that delay does not imply a denial. I still am God. And Abram believes that. It was accounted to him for righteousness. But Sarah hears this and the Bible says she laughs within herself. Because Abram and Sarah were well old, well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. So maybe you feel like your time is up. Maybe you feel like you have failed once too often. Maybe you feel there's no future and no hope. I'm here to tell you today that God is a God who revives dead dreams. God is going to activate your faith. God is going to lift you up in Jesus' name. So Sarah laughs within herself because they had passed the age of childbearing. Scientifically, if she went um, for a sonar, they'd see she can't have a baby. 
It wasn't possible in the natural. In the natural, there was no hope. That's why the Bible says, Abraham against hope, in hope believed that he would become the father of many nations. Now watch what God says. Because we're talking about God can do it again and again. Maybe people say you can't have a child. God says you can't. Maybe people say you cannot be healed. God says you can because by Jesus stripes you be healed. Maybe people say you can't get the breakthrough. God says I am your breakthrough. Maybe people say you cannot get a promotion. God says I am your promotion. I am your refuge. I am your fortress. No matter how many times you have been disappointed, you have to change your focus and let go of your depression. Let go of your bitterness. Let go of your tragedy. Let go of your yesterday. That's what Paul says. One thing I do, I forget yesterday. And can I tell you that an hour ago is your yesterday. What happened yesterday is your yesterday. But some of you are holding on to the pain and the bitterness and the anger of yesterday. Listen to me, my sister, my brother. It's going to keep you from the future that God has for you. You have to let go of your yesterday, your pain, your anger, your resentment, your bitterness, because it's like a cancer to your soul. It will destroy you. It will steal your joy. It will bring sickness to your physical body. You have to let go of your bitterness and stop justifying your bitterness. Let it go. 70 times 7, Jesus said, you forgive. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I had grown old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also. And the Lord said to Abram, Why did Sarah laugh? You know, something about God, He knows us. He, he, he doesn't look at our outward appearance. He doesn't listen to the conversations we have trying to justify ourselves. He looks at your heart. And as your heart is iemand anders, daar stop jou geloof. Daar stop jou geloof. Want Jezus sê, as jy naar die altaar te kom, en jy bid, en daar onthou jy, dat daar iets is tussen jou en jou broer, dan maak jy eerst recht met jou broer, dan kom en jy bid. Some of you, are, your faith has stopped, because you've allowed bitterness and unforgiveness in your life. And I don't care how it got there, you have to get it out by forgiving that person. The minute you justify your anger, your bitterness, your resentment, you've placed yourself above God's law and God's word that commands us to walk in love. And love is seen in what? Forgiving God so love that He gave. And because God gave, He forgave. You cannot forgive. You stop your journey. Listen to me, Christian. You can show up on a Sunday and you can fabricate your praise and your worship, but God looks at your heart. He says, if you come to the altar and there remember that your brother sinned against you. Leave your gift at the altar. Go to your brother. Be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift to the altar. Some of you got some work to do. God doesn't fit in with your offense. Soon your defense becomes your defense to your own destruction. God understands one thing and that is forgiveness. You forgive. Otherwise, that anger, that bitterness will pollute your marriage, will pollute all your relationships. You let go of that bitterness. Listen. It's like drinking poison, waiting for the other person to die. Go look in the mirror, you're the one dying, and you're trying to justify it. You're withering because of unforgiveness. Get over yourself and get yourself in the Word of God. Humble yourself and repent. And don't justify where you are. Ooh, ooh, 
because that's the tone of South Africa. Everybody's mad at somebody. Everybody's mad at apartheid. Everybody, now, praise God, not everybody, but still some people. And, uh, you know, some people, others have wised up. Still every, we just have to blame somebody. We just cannot look at ourselves in the mirror and say, Hey, dude, change. Hey, dude, let it go. Some of you are mad with God. Where's that going to get you? Mad with your wife. Where's that going to get you? Mad at a sister in the church. Where's that going to get you? She sits this side. Now you go sit that side. Then we have communion. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with love. Where's your love? Don't love in word. Because your faith is rooted in your love. And everything in your life flows out of love. Love thinketh no evil. Love doeth no evil. Get back to love, my brother, my sister. This is for free. It's not in my message, okay? This is like the addition. But some of you are cynical because of unforgiveness. You're not moving on and you found somebody to blame for, for where you're at. If anybody could have blamed anybody, it's Joseph, but he never did. Stop your conversations and forgive. And the Lord said to Abram, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I surely bear a child since I'm old? Then God defends himself. He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. So God says, you will get your breakthrough. You will get your acceleration. You will get your healing. You will get your deliverance. It's going to happen. Say amen. But three things you have to understand, okay? Number one, God will do it His way. Number two, God will do it in His timing. Number three, God will do it for His glory. And that's the tricky one. Because sometimes an instant miracle isn't for God's glory. Sometimes it's the person that perseveres that should be giving up. And God uses that situation for His glory. That's why we do not always pray the prayers we want to pray. We pray for God's grace. We pray for God's wisdom, for God's strength. Because I wish I could tell you that the way God will deliver you is the way you want God to deliver you. But I cannot. Because this Bible is filled with miracles. The Bible is filled with people who had to walk through the fire. The Bible is filled with people who had to go through a valley. The Bible is filled with people who had faith and yet died not receiving the promise. So where do I fit in? I don't know. But I know that God is faithful and I know that God will not fail you. And I know that God will use your life and whatever you are facing for His glory and for His greater purpose. Are you listening to me today? So when I say God can do it again, don't go on this instant miracle. 
wavelength. Because sometimes He does a miracle, but other times He gives you grace for the journey. Because He knew you would have to walk through a valley. He knew you were going into a fire. God is not taken by surprise. God is not falling off the throne this morning. God is still in control. And God says, I have not left you. I have not forsaken you. I have not abandoned you. I will walk you through your valley too. A table of goodness and mercy. I will anoint your head and I will be glorified through your life and through your situation. Even when you don't understand, you worship. Even when the story doesn't go the way you planned, Joseph, you glorify God because God is glorified not in your highs only, but in your lows. When you are in the valley, when you are out, down and out and you feel like quitting and you don't quit. When you feel like giving up and you don't give up. When you feel like running away, you still show up in church and you raise your hands and you still choose to say God is good and His mercy endures forever. Can we just get an understanding of Scripture? So when we say God can do it again and again and again for us, some of us it's an instant miracle. Whoop, whoop. For others of us it is a delay. Whoop, whoop. For others of us it is grace, 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 grace. And like Paul, we feel, God, I don't want this. I don't need this. I haven't asked for this. Why me, Lord? What have I ever done? You've done nothing. But God says, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to walk you through. And the reason that you're not resigning, the reason that you're not cursing God, the reason that you're like a Job, that you say, yet He smite me, yet, though He smite me, yet will I trust Him. That's for God's greater glory. Because other people bump their little toe and they cannot serve God. But you've gone through hell. You've gone through every trial and tribulation. And still you stand in church every Sunday and you glorify God. Come on, somebody that's walking through a fire this morning. This is your moment to give the Lord a praise, a shout. Come on. Glorify Him. Hallelujah. So sometimes God does a miracle and we all want a miracle, right? But a miracle is the exception, I'm sorry to say, because the just shall live by faith. Mostly God gives grace, amazing grace. And He activates your faith to face your challenge, to conquer your giant. Grace every single day. When life throws you an unexpected, an unexpected curveball. Naaman, a king in the, a, 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 a general in the king's army, Syrian commander, he's living at the highest moment of his life, suddenly he's diagnosed with leprosy. I've seen how many successful people at the pinnacle of success, suddenly the unexpected happened, like my brother. No open door to the devil, but suddenly an evil day, a curveball. Yes, God can do it again. I said He will and He can, but He's going to do it His way. He's going to do it in His timing and He's going to do it for His glory. Say Amen in Jesus' name. So Naaman has leprosy and he goes to the prophet Elisha and, and Elisha says, go dip in the Jordan River and Naaman becomes furious. He's a prideful man because the process to recovery is not what he wants. He said, to, he said and I said to myself, we all have those conversations, right? God's going to do it like this. Somebody's going to pray for me and I'm going to, I'm going to get blessed. I'm going to get a miracle. 
And thank God if you do. But what if you don't? Mm. I've been a pastor 37 years. I haven't lost my faith, but I understand the journey called life. That it's filled with thorns and thistles. But we are not moved by the thorns and the thistles. That there are storms and adversities that happen. There are the unexpected. You know, when I started out in Christianity, like many young people, it was just like, you follow God, you will not have a bad day in your life. I found that there are many bad days, but there are more good days. I don't focus on the bad days, I focus on the good days. Amen. I focus on the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. And, and, and when all the hell breaks loose, I remember the days of sunshine. I remember the goodness of God. I remember the things that the Lord has done for me. Can you say amen in Jesus' name? So Naaman becomes furious and he said to myself, I will, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord God and wave his hand over the plain and heal me of leprosy. Are not the Abana and far, far the rivers in Damascus better than the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and went away in rage. Listen. Sometimes when the unexpected happens and you don't feel your prayers are answered in instantly, be very careful that anger enters your heart. Because when people go through a crisis, the first thing is denial. Now, faith is not denial. Faith is believing God's Word above your circumstances. Sometimes people think I'm in faith, but they're actually in denial. Faith is recognizing the adversity, the level of adversity, and then finding the mind of God how to go through. And sometimes you go through, you just go through it. How? You just keep on going. You're not going to feel the greatest every day. I'm sorry to pop your balloon, okay? That's why the Bible says, I will rejoice in the Lord. Sometimes you have to make up your mind because you don't feel like rejoicing. And your rejoicing is your act in faith. That's why the Bible says, count it all joy. You make up your mind. No matter what you face, I will rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, I will rejoice. Your circumstances do not determine the level of your rejoicing. Your commitment to the outcome is what determines your, your level of rejoicing. So sometimes things happen, and I've, I, I've been with so many people, initially it's like um, they go in total denial. Now, faith is not denying the giants. Faith is denying the giants to dominate you. Your faith recognizes the giant, but recognizes God as greater than the giant. And your faith gives you the resilience, the guts, the determination to face your giants and to conquer your giants, no matter what it takes. So after denial, when, when things don't happen in people's time frame, anger. People get angry. They get angry. They get angry in relationships. Then you see a smiley, smiley person suddenly no longer smile. Because they allowed something in their hearts, which is called anger, which the Bible talks about as a root of bitterness, and it defiles them. Don't get bitter towards God. Don't get bitter towards life. Don't get bitter. And it happens easily, my brother and my sister. I'm counseling you now from the pulpit. It happens easily. When people become angry, they build defense walls around themselves and they lash out. And anger inevitably is followed with cynicism. 
They become cynical towards God, cynical towards other people. Do not allow disillusionment to bring anger into your heart. Deal with your anger. Go before God and surrender your anger before God. And be like Job. When he fell to the ground, he wasn't angry with God. His wife was angry, but Job wasn't. He made up his mind. And my brother and my sister, when you face a battle, when all hell breaks loose, when the unexpected happens, you have to make up your mind to worship God. You have to make up your mind. You have to talk to your heart. You have to talk to your soul. You have to say to yourself, I will praise the Lord. Seven times a day, I will praise the Lord. Come on, I will trust the Lord. Come on, say amen, hallelujah. The journey may not be the one you expected, but listen, God can do it again and again and again. And by that I mean God can do a miracle or God can give you sustaining grace to walk through your fire, to be delivered from the fire for His greater glory and for His purpose in your life. Amen. Amen. I mean, Paul writes about faith and, and we know the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 where Paul is facing this battle. We don't know what it is. Some people say it's pussy eyeballs. Some people say he had bad eyesight. Other people say it was a messenger or a demonic personality. It was the mobs that attacked him. Persecution upon persecution upon persecution. And I mean, Paul is a man of faith and he cries out to God. He says, God, I've had enough of this. This is too much for me. And sometimes we feel like that. This is just too much. I never expected this to happen. And he says, I cried out to God three times. And God says, hey, not I'm going to deliver you. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is perfected in your weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I would rather rejoice in my sufferings, in my infirmities, because when I am weak, then I am strong, so that the power of Christ rests upon me. He was unstoppable, no matter what he, what he went through, what he faced. He was unstoppable. And that was for God's glory. Because he had so much revelation. He was such a gifted, talented man. A man of faith, a man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. A man just like you and me, also with emotions. And a man who, if you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, there are sometimes I don't know, but God knows. He says, I'm perplexed, I'm puzzled, I'm bewildered at what is happening. What is happening was never in the script. It's not what I expected. But thank God, God is in control. Hallelujah. I said God is in control. Come on. Even if it looks like things are out of control, God is in control. Hallelujah. And God is not going to abandon you. God will walk you through your valley for His glory and for His greater purpose. Listen to me. And that's the tricky one. Sometimes Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego has to go to the fire for God to be glorified. The greater glory was in the fire. The greater glory was not the prevention to go into the fire. The greater glory was God sustaining them in the fire, God showing up in the fire, God delivering them from the fire to convince everybody. They were bound, but they were not giving up. They should have fallen down, but they got up. They should have given up, but they did not give up. 
They should have run away, but they did not run away. And because they stood for God, Jesus stood with them. Come on. He's going to stand with you on the battleground. He's going to stand with you in your valley. He's the fourth man that will never leave you, never forsake you. He's going to stand with you in that adversity. Whatever you are facing, God is with you to deliver you. One of my favorite stories is about Helen Keller. You can go study her life. She's a little girl born and then she contracts a disease, scarlet fever, that leaves her blind, deaf and dumb. Imagine that. A whole world is taken away from her. 19 months. Beautiful little child, sickness leaves her in this place of no hope. But five years later, on the advice of Alexander Graham Bell, her parents applied to the Perkins Institute for the Blind in Boston for a teacher. And that school hired Anne Mansfield Sullivan. <laughs> I think one of the greatest women that you can ever imagine who made the mission of the, the, or the life of this little girl her mission. Through Sullivan's extraordinary instruction, the little girl learned to understand and communicate with the world around her. She went on to acquire an excellent education and to become an important influence on the treatment of the blind and deaf. A little girl that was left blind and deaf, her whole world was taken away from her. Imagine that, total isolation. Can't hear, can't see, can't speak. All the senses taken away. Imagine where you are. But the triumph of the human spirit. A teacher that takes the time and that finds a way to teach this little girl to communicate, who writes her first book at the age of 12, who makes her first film at the age of 21. Her last film she made, which is The Miracle Worker, which became one of Hollywood's most famous movies in 1969. A little girl. Through Sullivan's extraordinary instruction, the little girl learned to understand and communicate with the world around her. Keller learned from Sullivan to read and write in Braille and to use the hand signals of the deaf and mute, which she could understand only by touch. Her later efforts to learn to speak were less successful, handicapped her whole life. And in her public appearances, she required the assistance of an interpreter to make herself understood. Nevertheless, she traveled the world lecturing, met with four United States presidents, received the award of the best personality in America. Nevertheless, her impact as an educator, organizer and fundraiser was enormous. And she was responsible for many advances in public services for the handicapped. Now listen, she says, I thank God, listen. I say to people, you have to embrace your challenge. Sounds like a contradiction. You have to embrace it. You have to embrace it so you can deal with it. You have to embrace it through faith. I'm not saying embrace the sickness. I'm saying embrace the situation in a victorious way so that you can deal with it in a right way through God's wisdom and God's guidance. Says, I thank God for my handicaps for through them I found myself, my work and my God. Imagine that. I thank God for my handicaps. When the one door of happiness closes, listen, Helen Keller, another one opens. 
But often we look so long at the closed door that we do not see the one which has been opened for us. Abandoning the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. Face your deficiencies and acknowledge them, but do not let let them master you. Let them teach you patience, sweetness, insight. Keep your face to the sun and you will never see the shadows. I like that. She says, character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. <laughs> we all want to have great characters, but we don't want suffering. You're not going to develop character without trials and tribulations. I'm sorry for you. Only through the experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, vision cleared, ambition inspired, and success achieved. Finally, one can never consent, listen, to creep, no matter what you face. When one feels an impulse to soar, although the world is full of suffering, it is also full of the overcoming of it. Give the Lord a praise, TBN, one gospel. Overcome you will, because God can do it again and again and again. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Oh, come on. Give Him a praise. Now, number two, God will do it in His timing. It's like we sit in traffic and we pray for patience. Now you develop patience in traffic, right? In Gauteng. Worse in Cape Town, because those people can't drive. We all know if you see a CAA or a CY, even worth CAW, it's like uh, we're going nowhere in a hurry. So sometimes it's our impatience and lack of trust and resting in God's grace that want the instant. Yes, God will do everything in His timing. I believe God is writing a beautiful story about your life. And if you have children, that includes your children. And if you have grandchildren like me, that includes your grandchildren. He is writing a beautiful story. But like every story, there are highs and lows. Like every story, there are tears and there are many laughs. Any good story has highs and lows, valleys and mountains, filled with suspense, filled with the unexpected. The story of your life is no different. But the difference is the author of your story is God Himself. God, whom the Bible says, knows the end from the beginning. God who makes all things beautiful in His time. Nothing takes Him by surprise. Therefore, you can always be assured that God is your refuge, your fortress, your shelter in a time of storm. When you don't understand, you can run to Him and He will comfort you. And He will talk to you without even verbalizing the words He speaks to you. But He will talk to you and you will find peace like you've not found before. You will find an inner strength and you will know everything is going to be okay in Jesus' Name. No matter what you see, no matter what you face, no matter the tragedy you've been through, something on the inside of you says everything is going to be okay because God is writing a beautiful story. Come on! In the Name of Jesus Christ. 
The story of Joseph, not the one he would have chosen, sold as a slave. Yet the Bible says God was in control. His brother sold him, but God was behind it. Can you imagine that? Betrayal, part of God's plan for his life, doesn't fit into our perfect charismatic theology. He's betrayed, he's sent as a slave. Psalm 105 says the Lord sent him as a slave. Because God needed him in Egypt. He had to go through that painful journey of betrayal because God had a greater purpose for his life and God was going to be glorified. You see, family, we live, we live for the now. We live from day to day. God looks at your life in totality and He will bring glory from every situation in your life if you allow Him to. If it's an instant miracle, God will be glorified. And I pray that God does it. But if it's grace to go through that journey and every day you learn to lie, rely, lean, be dependent upon God's grace and people look at you, they don't pity you because we don't need pity. People look at you and they see your resilience, they see your faith. When you should be quitting, God will be glorified. Hallelujah. And like I say, when the devil hits you, you hit him back. When Satan steals from you, you go and plunder his goods. You go and preach the gospel. You don't allow the devil to steal and have the final say. That's when you get up and say, I'm paying you back, Mr. Devil, in the name of Jesus. Now I'm gonna save a hundred more people. Come on, say amen in Jesus' name. Ecclesiastes 3.11, the Bible says, He makes everything beautiful in His time. He puts eternity in our hearts. Therefore, we are not overwhelmed by what happens today because we are more than conquerors and we overcome. And by God's grace, we walk through our valleys. Are you listening to me? Except that no one knows the work of God, but God does, that God does from beginning to the end. So, so God's worked out the end of your life. Whatever is happening in your life, God knows it would happen. He's not taken off God. Could He have prevented it? I suppose He could. Why didn't He? Well, my only conclusion is because there's another purpose. Huh? The sheep shallow little charismatic messages that many people preach that you just pray and there's a magic wand and all your problems disappear is nowhere in the Bible. Yes, miracles happen, but it happens by, by the Spirit of God and when God decides. I've prayed for people with no faith and God did a miracle. I've prayed for people with a lot of faith, I thought, and they died. So you say, Pastor, please don't pray for me. No, I'm still going to pray for you the prayer of faith. I'm just saying. Those who claim to have the answers don't. That's why the Bible doesn't have one story. It has story upon story upon story to show the goodness of God, the perseverance of God's people, how people persevered, how people never gave up, how people gave God glory in the fire and out of the fire. And at the end of their lives, every one of them could stand up and say, for the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Come on, don't let that tragedy determine who you are. Don't let that tragedy bring anger in your life. Please, I'm begging you, don't allow anger in your heart because it's going to destroy your soul. Should I have questions? Yes. Do we have questions? We all have. 
Do we have the answers? No. We know in part. We prophesy in part. But we know God is. And if we understand point number three, I have to close. I'm well over time. That God will do it for His glory. That brings everything into perspective. Because sometimes the fire we go through, the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, yes, God could have delivered them from the fire and it was God's plan to deliver them. But then God had them go to the fire and the fire was heated seven times more and they were bound, thrown into the fire. They had to go into the fire. They had to be sustained by the fire. And then when it was the right time, God delivered them from the fire and the greatest crusade ever took place. Nebuchadnezzar said, I make a decree. There's no God, but this God. Listen, your testimony, your trial, your story will be for the glory of God. What you are facing will be for the glory of God when you share your testimony. Not this perfect story that people want to sell. There is no perfect story. There is no life without a challenge. There is no life without a a, a valley. It does not exist. But God gets the greater glory when you stand up. I should have given up. But there was something on the inside of me. And that's the grace of God. I've learned to rest in the grace of God. I've learned to be strong when I feel weak. And I can tell you, God has kept me and God has done this. And somehow I came through this. I don't know how, but I know it's God. I should have lost my mind, but I never did. God kept me. God loved me. I have peace when I should not have peace. I have joy when I should not have joy. Because God is good and His mercy endures forever. Oh, come on, He can do it again and again and again. And I pray God does a miracle for you. But I pray for most of you because most of you, You will need God's grace. You will need God's grace, 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 grace. And when you feel weak, you are going to be strong. When you feel like quitting, you are going to be strong because it's God giving you the strength and the energy and the faith. He can do it again and again and again. There is nothing too difficult for God. Amen. That doesn't mean I don't have expectation. Any day God can come. Any day God can move. Any day your breakthrough can come. I know that, but I'm not going to sit in a passive place. No matter where I am, I'm going to keep on journeying and do what I can and not resign on life because of the trials and the challenges we face in life. Amen. If you focus on the darkness, you will lose sight of the light. You focus on all the goodness of God in your life so that no matter where you are, you can say God is good and His mercy endures forever. Come on, stand to your feet, give Him praise. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. He can do it again and again and again and again, but He's going to do it His way. He's going to do it in His timing and He's going to do it for His glory and whatever you are facing will be for the glory of God. Whatever Satan meant for harm, God will turn around for good. Come on, say amen in Jesus' name. God will turn it around for good if you keep Jesus at the center. Not your pain, not your anger, not your disillusionment. You keep God at the center. I don't understand, but I know, Father, this is for your glory. I know this is for your glory. This will be for your glory. This will be for your glory. Come on, lift your hands with me this morning.
Let the Spirit of God breathe upon you. I pray that you have miracles. I really do. I believe in miracles. No, I believe in a God of miracles. But I'll tell you, my brother, my sister, I've had miracles, but more than anything else, I've had to have faith, perseverance, and just walk things out by the grace of God. That's how it is. I wish I could just stand up today and have a magic wand and say, Zabadubida, in Jesus' name, all your problems disappear. But I can tell you one thing. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Come on, family, with every head bowed and every eye closed and believe us, praying in this place, that God can do it again as our pastor preached this morning. But it starts by us having a living relationship with Him first. And this morning, maybe some of you are standing here and you're not even sure if Jesus is your Lord and your Saviour. Maybe you used to serve Him, but because of circumstances and things that has happened, you've drifted away. But God can do it again for you. He's standing with arms wide open and He's waiting. He's waiting to receive you again. Maybe you're standing here and you're not even sure if heaven is your home, but you would love to make sure now is the chance, now is your opportunity to come back to Him. So if that is you quietly, wherever you are, and you fit into any one of those three categories, just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, please, just pray for me. His hands are being lifted all over this place. Come on, some of you think that God can never forgive you for that sin that you committed last night. But God is standing with open arms and He's waiting. He's waiting and He's loving and He's ready to receive you. See, if that is you, quietly, wherever you are, just slipped up your hand now and say, Pastor, please pray for me. I need to come to Him. I need to make right. I used to serve Him but I've drifted away. Come on, if that is you, just lift your hand for a moment. Thank you for all the hands that have been lifted. You can put it down. If you have not, slip it up now in the name of Jesus. Come on, so many hands. Thank you on the flank. Thank you for the hands on the balcony. Here in the bottom blocks. Here in the middle block. Thank you so much. Come on, just lift up your hand and say, God, I'm coming back. Come on, God loves you. We as a church love you and that is why we are taking this opportunity that we do not want you to leave this facility not making sure that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. If you have not lifted your hand, slip it up now. In Jesus' name. Can I just ask every one of you that are in the front, if you can please stand for us. I know God is ministering to many of you, but I want to lead you in a prayer and make sure that God is your Lord and Savior. And we only bow our knee to Him and Him alone. And in a moment, we're going to lead you in a prayer. Some of you have slipped away, have done many things. But God says in His Word that He will forgive you. As far as the east is from the west, that as far He has forgiven you. But this morning, we're going to allow you and help you to pray and ask Him to become your Lord and your Savior. And as you do that, your life will never be the same. So please be so kind in the front just to close your eyes. Put your hand on your heart. We're going to lead you in a prayer and you're going to ask God to come into your life. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I'm sorry that I lived without you. But today, I choose to come back. Lord, I thank you 
that I can be your child today, that you've forgiven all my sins, that I am a brand new person. In Jesus' name, amen. Family, we want to say to you, we love you. And our pastor loves you just as much. And that's why we have structures in place and home cells that would love to care for you. In a moment, we're going to take you into a room that if you do not have a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible. And we're going to take you there. We're going to pray for you, get your information. It is important that you allow us then to be part of your life. Because come in the weeks and the months still to come, we want to help you and guide you in this walk and be there for you. So if you can be so kind in Pretoria, just return to my right, your left. Just follow the pastors. We're going to take you into the room, pray for you and bring you back as you follow them. Come on, family, let's give them a huge hand this morning. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.